Behind every success story, there is a long line of triumphs and defeats that remain hidden from others. These stories get condensed into journeys that minimize the struggle and wrap up with a happy ending. But we know that's not how life works. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about the challenges that Mark's guest faced and how they overcame adversity. Now, here is your host, Mark Azoulay. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Victor Menzo, and we're talking about empowering your reality. I was really interested to see kind of what you do out there as a business coach, as a speaker, as an author, because in your marketing material, you say that you bring in the quantum realm into your coaching. And that just really pricked my ears up of being like, whoa, I got to talk to this guy. Victor, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I got to I got to know your story, right? So you said you started as a chiropractor and then moved into more of this coaching. Can you say a little bit about that transition and what that was like for you? Yeah, when I got into chiropractic, um, got out of school and I was very ambitious, wanted to start my own practice and so forth. And I did what, you know, any ambitious driver, personality type individual will do. They go out, listen to the best of the best, try to learn to what are the strategies, what are the, the clues that lead to, you know, the, the clues that they leave that, about success. And not only did it in chiropractic, I studied business, I was studying self-help personal development. I'm like, what do I have to do to become successful? I was very driven on that level. Five years in, I hit my financial peak, burned out, exhausted, fatigued, and not satisfied. The thing that puzzled me the most, which I could not comprehend, I just didn't understand, how can I be so passionate about chiropractic and be so 100% in and just it's, it's every fabric of who I am, mm-hmm. and yet I'm getting burned out? Like that just didn't make sense, especially my background in energy healing. I, I, I did a little bit of and so forth. It's like when you're on, when you're on the line to what your purpose is and what you're passionate about, like you have infinite energy that'll come to you. It's called inspiration, inspire within. And I was like, I'm not getting that. This is weird. And so I literally looked at my wife who was, she had, the, she worked in the office with me. She's, she ran the office. Um, I said, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Like it just doesn't, if this is how it's going to be, then we're not doing this. I, I want to do something else. I did some soul seeking. I made some big changes in the office and I started to go back to what I knew. This is when I was in chiropractic school, I wanted to learn the depths of healing. I went into energy healing, became a Reiki master and trainer. Little did I know, I studied about eight to 10 to 12 different energy healing modalities. And what I didn't know in that process was I was going to try to learn the depths of healing. And what I was learning was quantum physics, consciousness how our mind alters our literally can alter physical reality and so much more universal laws and all that. And I kind of dismissed that a little bit when I got into practice, but then five years later, I started going back to that and saying, there's gotta be truth to this because I did what all the successful people are doing and I'm not fulfilled. So I need to find fulfillment. And that's where the beginning of my coaching career began. I didn't start coaching yet. I started testing these things out to make sure they work. Um, and they did. I mean, I took a 40% hit when I made a change in my office. Purpose, I took that purposely. Then a year, a little over a year later, we we're right back to where we were, but yet I was working 50% less. I was way more fulfilled. I haven't had burnout ever since. And it's one of the things where it was literally just how to not like learn to let go and all these different principles, but there was a there's a system to it. And that's a moment in my life where I was like, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that are burned out, and burnout is massive in the entrepreneur world, let alone world in general. And I was like, I want to start tapping into that field and be able to help people with this. And so eventually it just became a side hustle. And then after three years later, my wife and I moved from Chicago to Knoxville just last year. And that's when we made that a full-time gig where I'm coaching full-time now. That's a great story. You know, I want to want to dive into what you do with business owners, but at first I want to take you back to yourself getting into energy healing, energy work, right? So just to give you a little bit of context, I went to a Buddhist university uh, here in Boulder, Colorado. So I'm I'm with it. I kind of get some of the things you're talking about. I didn't go deep into the body-based stuff, but I'm a psychotherapist and I practice contemplative psychotherapy that brings in Buddhist principles into therapy. Um, and there's something you said that really stuck out to me, which is you had to practice to know if it works. And that's something that I try to do with my clients is that like, I don't do anything that hasn't worked on me personally. You know, because um, there's a lot of like woo-woo stuff out there, right? Or there's a lot of like charlatan snake oil stuff out there. So I'm wondering for you, what was your journey with energy healing 
like? Did you have an issue that you had to get over personally? For me, I'm very open-minded and I, I felt like I had to, you know, when I learned this stuff, like people be talking about, you can heal with your hands or you can mm -hmm. do this stuff. I just be like, okay, that's cool. I want to learn more about it. Like, I'm not going to say no to it. I'm not going to judge it off the bat. I want to test it out a little bit. Um, just very curious like that about things. And it was fascinating. Like, I mean, here's a story where I'm in, I'm in chiropractic school and a buddy of mine or a guy I knew in class um, he used to be a, a very high, I don't know if he was a professional volleyball player or close to it. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And he's he's got a game he's going to be going to. Our, our school had a team that was, didn't do anything competitive, just, you know, against whatever. And he's like, my shoulder's hurting. I need you to help me do that crazy stuff that you do. I'm like, crazy stuff that I do? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know what I'm talking about, that energy stuff. You know, whatever it is that you do, I need some help here. And I was like, you're lucky I like you. I did something. I saw like a little syringe that said steroids. It doesn't mean he takes steroids, but it was just something that I was in the process of. I'm picking up on his imagination, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I go ahead and do the thing. He, I look at him. I said, I felt the energy. I'm like, yeah, it's, you're clear. You're good. And all of a sudden he's like, what the heck did you do? I'm like, don't ask questions. Just go. I'll see you later. And he said his shoulder was good for like over a week before it came back. Now, when I tell people, when you're in this kind of world, um, this may sound crazy to somebody like, what the heck? How did you know this? I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know anything. See, when you when you do energy, what, what energy healing taught me is you can't come in with judgments. You can't come in with expectations. You can't come in with any of those things. You just got to be very open and accepting of whatever may show up. And the more you do hold space in that, the more you can create that opportunity for it. But I did get a lot of kickback. I got a lot of, you know, all oh, this is woo woo stuff. That's crazy stuff, this and that. And that's where my, the, the way my brain works is like, okay, I, I love going right side brain, which is, you know, the abstract thinking, spirituality and all that stuff. But then I love to bring in science to it to support it. And thankfully nowadays there's so much science out there that is supporting these things um, to make it a lot easier. And if someone says, well, I still don't believe that's woo woo. I'd be like, well, there's nothing I can tell you then. Cause there's, there's science that has now made that to prove that, yeah, this actually is true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. Were you a spiritual person before this because I think it's something pretty powerful that like you know you did this energy healing on this guy's shoulder right and you had an experience that was beyond yourself right you saw that syringe you got in touch with some of his depth like that's pretty magical and 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 I get that too as a therapist right like there's times where I pick up on something in the room and I'm like whoa this like isn't mine right like there's something <laughs> else going on here um, so I wonder was that part of your worldview? before having those experiences or did those experiences really open up your mind to that there could be something beyond just just the physical yeah i've always been i've always been a deep person in a sense who would love yeah. to know the depths of life so i've always had that i mean i grew up in a religious you know italian roman catholic so that it didn't really exist it it was there for a little bit and then i started to challenge the systems a little not in a bad way i just want to understand more uh some things just didn't make sense and unfortunately, in that realm, you don't ask questions. You just, this is what it is, and this is the truth. Um, but then I studied a little bit of Buddhism. I got into Hinduism. I started studying other religions, and that started to open my whole world. Like, and there is so much out there that I don't know. And mm -hmm. there's so much. And when you get into energy healing, it's like going into the field of quantum. It's infinite possibilities. So you, you have to really step into that place. And I think that's the opening up of understanding there's there's so much to it. And I grew up with so many rules. I mean, Italian Roman Catholic, there doesn't get any more rules than that. Then yeah. growing up in Italian culture, that that added more to it. Mm -hmm. So it's like all this rules and rules and rules that have to abide to. And then it's like, no, I don't want rules. I'm, I'm tired of rules. Like I, 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 if I, if I want to choose a path, I can get to choose what my path is. And I think that's where my upbringing, you know, that opened that door for it. And then when I started to go into that world and understand quantum, it was just like, Holy cow, there is even in the healing. I mean, there's people I've done healing work on. You know, you're doing work on somebody and you know it's a biological male. I mean, it's it's a biological male. I know that for sure. And yet I'm doing energy healing and I'm I'm getting a womb come up that there's an issue with the the with with uh, a uterus. And I'm just mm -hmm. sitting there going, Yep, yeah, normally my logical mind's gonna want to jump in and say, There's no uterus here. But in the quantum world, there could be a uterus in the sense of where are we playing and what dimension are we playing in? What factor are we going? Because once you start to do that, then the answers will come and unveil themselves. And sometimes you don't need to know either. Like the left brain can't figure all the, everything out. Mm -hmm. Right. It could be a more symbolic thing, right? Or like a spiritual imprint or something like that um, beyond just exactly. like a physical, like medical issue. Right. Um, 
Yep. So tell me more about this burnout and this disalignment. You know, if I'm being honest, I think I'm personally feeling some of that in my work now. I'm actually trying to do a business pivot as well um, to shift a little bit. I know a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with feel that, you know, and it's this idea, just what you said. It's like, well, I'm doing something that I love. In fact, I'm doing a business that I created personally by myself to be my ideal job. But for whatever reason, it's just kind of, I don't know energy's getting sapped or the motivation that was there in the beginning wasn't there anymore. What was your version of that? Exact same thing you were going through. I mean, it's one of those things that, and it was so disheartening, right? I know for me it was because my wife really saw me like get down and she's like, you're never down. You're always an upbeat guy. And I'm like, no, this, this is like, for me to say, I'm looking at leaving the profession. I went what 200,000 plus in debt. And I'm like going, I want to leave because she knows I'm all about fulfillment at the end of the day. Mm One thing I learned in that process is, and this became big part of my coaching process, is you have to be authentic to you. And a lot of times in the world today, we're 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 especially with social media, we're looking at what are successful people doing, and then we're trying to model that in some way, shape, or form to get to that success. And what people don't realize they're doing in the moment when you do, I did this so many times, is you give your power away to be a prototype to someone else. And that's just one part of the equation of burnout, because then we're starting to um, what we're doing is like, I want to be successful. This is what the successful person does. So I'm going to do the same thing. And you may get there, but it's not what really drives you. It's not authentic to what really when I say authentic, I I mean, in the essence of what you really want to do, what really matters to you. Why do you like for as a chiropractor, what kind of office do you want to run? Why is that important? Why do you want to see the certain types of patients? Why is that important to you? And what does that serve you at the end of the day? Right. Same thing in what you do in your practice and so forth. And it's that I had to do a lot of that work to understand that. Once I got clear with that, then I started to make changes. But the second thing is then what I've learned in my own experience is that um, I'm going blank here for a second, but it will come back. The alignment is the first part. The second, is, I'm sorry, the alignment, that's it, is what is the alignment when it comes to what is it that you want to create? And now this is very similar to this. The first part's why the second part is your vision of what it is that you want to have. Like when I looked at that moment in my life, I said, okay, my practice, why am I doing this? Well, I had to get clear on that. But then I started to look at what is the vision that I want to be? What's the what's the vision of me into the future that I want to become? Like, what am I getting excited about? Is it really just for growth? Is it for recognition? Is Or is it to really make an impact in the world? And, I, and I'm a very big about, I want to make an impact. That's the biggest thing that is for me. That's why I'm here. If I can't do that, then there's no point for me to be here anymore. And it got to that point where I was like, okay, what's the biggest impact that's that's really important for me and why? And then how do I want to see that into the future? What do I want to see my practice looking like? What's the energy? How do I want to feel? Now, this is the biggest component, the feeling side. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you look at law of attraction and things like that. And everyone's like, oh, just visualize and you'll see it. And then just see how that, it's like, that is important. But what's the feeling you want to have? And I started to really visualize every day in my office, connecting with moms, because I was a pediatric doc connecting with moms, hanging out with kids, having fun. How did I feel? What was the interactions? Like my team, my team, my staff, how was I walking out of the office every single day? And I really honed in on that feeling and said, okay, that's my benchmark or where I want to be every single day. And that's the purpose of why. And those two things, when I got crystal clear on that, that's what motivated me to make a huge change to take a financial hit. But at the same token, then all of a sudden, I was like a kid in the office every single day and mm-hmm. loving it. Like I would have patients hearing me in the other room going, you, can you, you go, they'll joke with me like, why don't you talk like that to us? I'm like, well, I could talk like that, like talking to a baby or an infant. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll be more than happy to, but I just think you're going to get a little weirded out after a while. But I found through that process, I actually found what I enjoyed and working with kids is was the most fulfilling thing for me. And um, when that happened, it was just like, this is what I always wanted. And I started to see in my office the vision I had a little over a year later. Moms hanging out, setting appointments together with their kids, going here, mm-hmm. coming to the office, then going to the parks nearby and all that kind of stuff. So you have to have a crystal vision on things too and make sure that every action that you take is in alignment to that vision um, so that we're not robbing ourselves or pulling ourselves away or not allowing. That's more of a law of attraction thing, but it's you know making sure that we're in alignment so we're not burning up excess resources. Because when we, and I would say the third part is letting go. Uh, that was a big one for me. A lot of times I was trying to control everything, what my success was going to look like, how I was going to grow, what I was going to do, how I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Left brain was just running the show. And there's a, there's a big power in just letting 
go and just trusting and knowing that universe, God, Allah, whatever you want to call it, does not matter, a force, something is you're co-creating with it. And it's going to, as long as you just focus on your energy, everything's going to align the way you need to, and it's all going to work out. And if you don't believe me, just go look back at your life for a second and see some of the most difficult times you went through. And I can promise most of the time, if not all the time, you're going to look and go, it all did work out in the end though. Yeah. There's a lot of really great topics that we can talk about when we get back from the break. Some things that stand out to me is just what you said, just letting go. I think for small business owners and entrepreneurs, that's tough, right? Because a lot of us built this practice and some of us are a little bit of a control freak, right? Of like that got into making a business or making a company that, you know, we have control of. Many of the guys I work with struggle when it comes to hiring people because they have to give up some of that control. Um, I like that topic. I like the topic of play that I think you brought up of having a sense of free energy and play in your work, which I think gets lost so easily, right? Where it does become about that bottom line or about, you know, finances or even about impact. Um, and the other thing that I want to talk about is kind of this energetic difference that I think people have. Um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs start off with an energy of wanting to prove themselves or wanting to make something of themselves. And then when they do, that kind of peters out after that. And I wonder what the next steps are. So we got some good topics when we come back from the break. Um, if you're listening, hang on in there and we'll see you on the other side. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark, M-A-R-C, dash, azulay, A-Z-O-U-L-A-Y, dot, teachable, dot com. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azoulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes. Welcome back to the show. I'm sitting here with Victor Manzo, and we're talking about kind of burnout, right? And small businesses and entrepreneurs and how you overcame your burnout and pivoted your business. And it's something that kind of I'm going through. So I wanted to offer a case study of myself. Um, and also, I've actually seen this come up in many of the clients that I work with as well. Uh, but there's this trend, right? Let me see how I can like vocalize it is many entrepreneurs, including myself, start this business with almost like an anger energy or like a go get energy, right? Of like, I don't want a job. I don't want a boss, right? Like I don't like authority. I want to create a business that is for me by me, right? There's often this like, you know, um, fierce independence, right? A lack of wanting to really be reliant on uh, other people for income, wanting to be kind of like the master of your own destiny. And I think, you know, for a while, it's very empowering. It's a very empowering way to look at the world of like, I'm taking responsibility for my life, for my future, for my family, for my income, for my, all this, right? And there's this kind of like hustle or like, you know, grind set, right? Where you're getting up there, you're building it, you're making a lot of mistakes, you're breaking a lot of shit. But then you get to a point where it actually works, right? And it like, it, 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 it plateaus and that like fight isn't quite there anymore. And I think the energy has to shift to, I think what you were talking about, something around play or serving others or focusing on greater impact. But I could say for me personally, it's tough for me to kind of make that shift for a lot of my um, clients, it's tough for them to make that shift and to be in a more plateau 
mode um, because a lot of people love the buildup and love the blast off. But what I've seen, and I'm, you know, let you speak in a moment here, is that that anger energy is really what I want to ask you about. Like that beginning kind of like fight energy, when that runs out, what what happens? You're talking about the hunger. The hunger. Right? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The hunger. Everyone talks about. I'm hungry. Yeah. You know, you're hungry. You want to go out. And you're going out there, and you're like, I got. I want to get to this level, and. This is the, and, and I'm not saying this is a goal. This was my, I went through this too. Like I came out and I was blazing with a storm and I was just mm-hmm. like, again, doing 80 to 120 books a year, reading uh, you know, all the best advice to get to that level, practicing my craft, doing, I mean, just some people are like, you need to slow down. I'm like, no, I don't. Slowing down is for the dead. I got to keep moving forward. I got right the grind hustle yeah. mentality. Mm-hmm. The problem is with this kind of going that route, even with the hunger. Right. When you're really, really hungry, do you eat slow or do you eat fast? Yeah, fast, right? Fast, right? You're going to gobble that down as quick as you can. I know I, 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 that's one of my, 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 my my advices. I just eat too fast. Um, But it's one of those things where when we have to learn how to tame that in some way, because when we get into that grind hustle mentality, what ends up happening is you're, you're moving more to force energy rather than stepping into your power. Force energy is more classical physics, it's Newtonian physics. And this is when it's like, it's me and me and action and effort determines success. That is the equation, nothing else. I mean, this is the business world advice for the last 15 years mm-hmm. almost. Self-help person developer are still doing it. I even heard Arnold Schwarzenegger on a motivational video say, sleep less. And they're like, person's like, and if you need this, and if you need sleep, you know, just sleep faster. I'm like, seriously, this is the best advice we're getting is to sleep less grind out. I mean, you hear people all the time, you start a new practice or business, you want to get to seven figures, three years, it's going to take you working uh, 80 to hundred hours a week. That's mm-hmm. just the standard. And I'm like, who dictates these things? Like, I want, I want people to understand the listeners understand, and just that you got to be very careful with the constructs and rules of which you agree to, because once you submit to them, you play in that rule. It's kind of like health. You hear all the stats on health. Right. When I remember one of the things that concerned me going to become a pediatric chiropractor was 53% of kids, and that's more now, but have chronic illnesses of some sort. And I was like, 53%, that's not happening on my watch. But you have a choice to be that percentage or you don't. And the same thing when it comes to creating a business and doing the things you want to do, you have a choice to either submit to what they're saying, which I've done that, um, or you can choose a different set of rules. And this is the different set of rules is, is, you know, there's a quantum realm to that that we were kind of a little talking about before and a little bit. And it's you have to take time for self. You have to take time to rest your body. need You can't grind all the time. And there's a different mindset when it comes to I rather you got to choose quantity or quality. What's the quantity? You want to focus on the quantity of the work you're doing or do you want to focus on the quality? That's a choice you have to make. And it's up to you as the individual to do that because what I've learned just from my own experiences, and this aligns to everything I kind of teach and I've studied, is quality will always oversee quantity. One great thing, if you look at like, I remember like Steve Harvey, I heard him on a motivational, and he was like, you guys heard of my five, six shows that I've been in, you know, that I've got, you know, you guys know those. You don't know the 200 other pitches I did that failed, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you guys are big into the World Cup, but I was watching. I was listening. I was watching it, uh, and it was interesting because they were talking about France. How the guy had two shots on goal. The France had, and they both scored. Mm-hmm. And I sat there. and I'm like, that's quality versus quantity. You could shoot a hundred of them. And and again, which world do you want to live in? Do you want to be the person that has to grind all the time and you know get to the certain percentage, play that number game, and and do all that, or do you want to focus on how does it get to that one two, be the one that you need? That's the big game changer in all this because that's going to determine – and then you have to have that trust, right? Because a lot of times you go, man, I love the the the, the one or two and that's all I need to do. That That's awesome. But then brain comes in, right? What's the brain coming in for? Because you're conditioned a certain way. We've been conditioned over time that we have to put effort in. That we have to do hard work. I mean hard work has been embedded in the minds of humans for I don't know how long, at least in the business world for the last 100 years. And so it's, it's those elements of when we look at those kind of principles is – you have a choice, which world do you want to live in first? And which one do you believe to be true for you? Mm-hmm. I think once you come from that place, then the rest is going to start to follow as long as you truly believe. And you're going to have to work out the kinks, the things that you're you're conditioned and programmed. It's not like you just make a choice and it's like, here it is. It's you make a choice and then your nervous system has to get rewired because now you're going down a different path than what you were used to. 
Yeah, I love what you're saying there. Can you tell can you tell us more about the quantum mindset? I like how you really sell the hustle grind mentality as that Newtonian mindset, right? Of like, I make an action has a reaction. And I think you're hundred percent right. That is what I grew up in the business world reading nonstop, right? I think it's like what the current mindset is of like just, you know, energy and energy out. So what's the quantum parallel to that? What's the next level after that? Yeah, quantum is all about, I'll use different frame terms so they can kind of explain like, you can talk about it as conscious conscious levels. You can talk about a vibration. You can talk about energy or frequency. In the quantum world, they use the term energy. They actually call it quanta. Um, and basically for the listeners, just to break some of the science down, if you take it back to chemistry class, you remember the, the nucleus and it has the proton, the neutron, and you have all the electrons around there. So when they went down deeper into that, what ended up they found is the subatomic particles. And then they went deeper into that and all they see is this thing called energy. That's all they understand it as. It's massive space. Okay. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, what we know is that uh, my, my glasses right here I'm holding up, that's a form of energy that creates it to be that way. My body has a certain amount of certain energy in different frequencies that creates a physical manifestation. That's what quantum has proven in ways. So when we look at things, everything in the world, when, you know, I had someone to argue with me time, I was like, golden letter, the same thing. It's just, they're just different vibrations of where they are. They're like, no, it's the, it's the molecular structure. I was like, yes, it is the molecular structure at the point of where you're looking at it from. But if we go deeper, it's just a vibration that's different. And so there's, there's things on this that science has proven things like schematics where they take sand, they put it on a certain, they put it on a vibrating plate. And they change the frequency and the literally the, the, um, the sacred, the, usually sacred geometry will show up. It changes. How does the sand reorganize itself into a different pattern based on frequency? So that's kind of a way to kind of show that. So imagine now let's take this in the business and context. If you're focusing on lack, you have scarcity mindset, you're fo- letting your fears take the best of you. Well, you know, that energy is a lot lower. It's heavier. Okay. And when you have heavy energy, you can't really excel to the higher things like joy, bliss. These are the emotions that follow and, you know, fulfillment, uh, contentment, these kind of things. And when you're when you're focusing on things that are lower vibration, you're going to attract more of that. So they always say like whatever, you know, basic things on quantum physics is like what you how you see something is what it's going to be. And so if you're focusing on lack, you're going to experience more of that. If you're focusing on um, scarcity, well, you're going to experience more of that until you shift your focus. Um, and that's the the power of what we have is. Again, like I was saying earlier, but like choice, you literally have a choice to choose what the reality you can choose, what reality you want to experience and and so much more. Yeah. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're helping these business entrepreneurs change their mindset. And by changing that, it's actually shifting the reality. Am I getting that correctly? Absolutely. I mean, everything starts and ends with the mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some common barriers you see in the people that you work with? Right, things that I think get in their way of opening up. Because when you lay it on paper of like, you know, work less, make more money, rest, take time, you know, live with quality. It's like, yes, 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 yes. Right. So like check your check your check. Um, and yet I can see it be a struggle for people, right? To kind of shed those those fears and that scarcity mentality that you're talking about. That's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is what's wired in our subconscious and how yeah. are we programmed. Because that's the stuff that we're automatically running. And then as soon as you do something different to that, like the brain does not like discomfort. It's all about, that's what subconscious mind is. It's mastering patterns, knowing it, precisely being able to know this is exactly how things are going to go, and then keeping you there. Um, It's not a bad system. We wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't be where we are today without it. But when we can understand that, when we step out of that, because these concepts are great, like working up, like effortless success. When I say that, people think I'm selling snake oil in the business world. I'm like, I can prove to you that you can have it effortlessly. It's just your your framework of how you're mm-hmm. paying attention to the word effort, how you're conditioned. Um, you think it's laziness and just sitting on a couch and doing nothing. Um, but it's one of the things that when we we uh, I got too trained into the effortless success part. Um, but going into that that framework and that model with uh, I'm losing my clock. What was the question again? <laughs> Oh, the question is like, what obstacles you see get in the way of people for making this shift? Yeah. 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 I apologize. And so it's, you know, that old training in us, the old wiring, that's the stuff we have to go through. Your fears, right? Mm -hmm. What are the fears that are going to come up? Because when you kind of step into this world, I remember a friend of mine was doing, he was like, I was, he's like, you're into the spirituality stuff, blah, blah, blah. That's easy stuff. Well, years later, he got into it and he goes, that is the most intense stuff ever. 
He's like, man, you talk about fears and going through stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to go through things to learn it. Um, and that's the key with this is got to let go of your old world, your old identity in a sense of what was real because it's all constructs. Most of the time, what we think the world really is, is really just what's been passed down to us. And that's your society, what you grew up in, religion, culture, you know, the town where you grew up in, what part of the world, all that has conditioned and programs that get constructed into us. And then if we don't ever try to break out of that, then it just becomes our world of what common experiences like others have. But when we start to break out, there's a lot of fear because the brain kicks in those fear mechanisms and it knows how to pull the strings. It knows your weakest points. It knows, um, you know, your emotional triggers is what's going to get you stuck in something. And so there are then there's tools of how we can work and navigate through that. So that way we don't allow those um, um, to get pulled back into the old model of who you are, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. In the psychotherapy world, it's called conditioning. I think you use that word too, of like kind of how we are trained, programmed, you know, sometimes by trauma, sometimes just by culture and environmental factors, but it does keep people trapped in thinking and knowing what is possible and what's not. Um, so I'm curious on a really like practical note, right? So this episode is going to be airing around the new year. How would somebody set a new year's resolution from a quantum standpoint, right? So I love this question. So it's it's because we get so much into the doing, right? New Year's is all about doing right. it at the end of the day. What can I do here? I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I used to, when I used to go work out at a gym before I had my home gym, it was like, I hated January, but I just knew it was three, four weeks. And then I can go, then things will be fine. And because we get so much into doing it's, it's, it's new things with an old mind and the, the principle to make a huge change. And I could say, oh, I'll just start with a new mind, but I'll make it even easier. What's the feeling that you want to have in the new year? When you look at a year from now, what's that feeling of who you want to be? How do you want to feel every single day? How do you want to be thinking and how do you want to be, you know, just let's just stick with the feeling because a lot of times the feeling goes past intellect and that gives us, you know, you don't have to figure things out. Like my whole work quantum world is not linear. It's not knowing where we're going in a certain degree. It's just how do we get past that linear mind and get into the feelings? Because feelings are so much more vast. There's so much more information in there. And you don't have to figure everything out. Like you just got to know, this is what I want to feel like. This is the experience I want to have when it comes to this process. And whatever's going to show up, I don't care because I know that's going to align to that feeling. Mm-hmm. You see, it takes the thinking out, in other words, and then you just program. Just like I was sharing earlier about like how when I was trying to, the vision of what I had for my office and, and the feeling I wanted to have, with pay, it was all that feeling, 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 feeling. So if you want to lose weight, what's the feeling of losing that weight? What do you get from that? What's that feeling of that aspect that you get from, right? If you want to make more money, what's the feeling of having that more money? You know, not why you want to make that more money. What's the feeling of it? What does it give to you? What is it you having more money? What does that look like? How do you feel every day? How are you acting? How are you thinking? And so forth. Really build that construct in your mind and get crystal clear with that because then that's going to, uh, and then let go. Don't, Don't hold on to the expectations. If you do those kind of things, then all of a sudden you're kind of like saying, hey, I, this is, I'm, I'm like kind of telling, you're telling the universe, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want to experience. This is the feeling it is. This is what's going to bring to me. This is what I want to have in that moment. Whatever shows up, go ahead. I don't care. I'm leaving that to you. This is what I'm going to focus on. I think that's great because I think some people can get stuck on just the actions and they might actually find that feeling through a different set of actions, but they're so stuck on their plan and they're stuck on their plan being a prophecy or being a prediction that they aren't able to move beyond that and be open to different possibilities, which I'm hearing is a big part of quantum thinking. Um, we're going to move to our final commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to speak directly to you, the listener, and Victor's going to share some tools and techniques of how to experience some of this, how to bring it into your life, into your business, and into your family. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the other side of the break. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. 
This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark, M-A-R-C, dash, azulay, A-Z-O-U-L-A-Y, dot, teachable, dot com. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call one 888 346-9141 That's 1-888-346-9141 Or send an email to podcast at mark-azulay.com Now, back to From the Ashes. Welcome back to the show. In this final segment, we are talking directly to you, the listener. And Victor, I'm curious, is there a technique, a tool, a visualization, something that the listeners could experience a flash of this quantum mindset so that they can say like, oh, wow, there is something here for me. There is. The thing is, at the end of the day, everything's neurology. And so it's what levels of access are we getting to and how can we reset our nervous system? When we can balance it, it allows us to get the higher consciousness level. And so one of the things I share, because, you know, meditation is great, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. The That can frustrate somebody very much. There's another thing you can do, and that's called breath work. Now, there's so many techniques out there. There are so many variabilities. I, don't get caught up in all that. I'll make it real simple for you. To just ner- research shows to take six deep breaths just to reset your nervous system. I say do 10. If you don't get reset at 10, do them until you get there. Sometimes you have a lot of stress built into the nervous system. What does that do? It allows you just to take a step back and you feel a calming presence. Now, some of the techniques in breath work, though, go deeper. Like, the, you know, Wim Hof, he does 30, you know, rep, rapid deep breaths. Holotrophic is very similar. It's a different type, but it's similar to Wim Hof. Um, Soma breath is a little slower. So there's these, these different tools that are out there that you can use. And what it will do is it will calm you down. Now, to get to that quantum level, you may not get it on the first one. But research shows that if you do breath work for a couple of weeks to a couple months, you can achieve what yogis take 20 to 30 years to get to that point in what they do. So that's the power behind when it comes to um, breath work and resetting the nervous system. And it happens like on an instant. It's not like, oh, I got to wait for a feeling or I got to wait for a spot. It's it's literally going to be that kind of process that will automatically get you to reset. You'll feel calming. You'll feel more of a relaxation. So when you're going through these type of changes, making changes, especially in the new year and old thinking comes in and old patterns come in or you get stressed in the process. Breathwork is a great way to reset that process to allow you to get back to that creator side, taking your power back and creating those new patterns that you want to create into your your your, your life automatically. Yes, that's a great example in the personal. And I think it's a very body-based example, which, you know, I think I tend to believe when I have like a full body experience. I imagine your clients tend to believe that too. Um, I wonder if you pivot a little bit. What about in a small business or kind of, you know, small S corp situation, right? Like you're talking about a business owner who maybe employs, I don't know, call it five to 15, maybe five to 30 employees. And they want to take these quantum principles and do it on a more organizational scale, right? They want to implement a policy or they want to change something about their business. Um, How might they start to thread this mindset into a little bit of a, a bigger team? So just understand the question about it. It's, it's how do we orchestrate to have a team kind of, practice these kind of principles and so forth. Yeah. So say you're a business owner and you're, and you're ready, right? You're bought in, you're ready to go, you're ready to go quantum. Your team may or may not be right They're on their own journey. Uh, but what would you do as a leader? I guess maybe it's a better way of asking a question. What would you do as like a small business owner and leader to start to bring these principles to a team of people? I think the best thing is experience, right? Cause you can tell them about this stuff and be like, Oh, the breathing does this or that does it have them sit down all in a comfortable place. Take, take, take five minutes. Doesn't take much. And have them do just a rapid breathing and Wim Hof style, 30, 30 reps. Right. And, and then when you get done, you, 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 you have them before they do this This is I've done, I used to do this for teams Mm -hmm. is I would have them write out where they are, how do they feel? What tensions do they have in their body? What's going on in their mind? What are the things that are stressing them at the moment? And then what I would do is we go through the exercise and then on the other side of it, ask them the same, same things. I even have ratings like one to 10. How's this affecting you? So we can, we can, 
numerically put something on there so you can use a percentage to show, wow, the average person has 70% reduction in their stress or whatever was going on in their life at the moment. And that is, I think, is always the good experience on it all. I used to do this in my office for patients because I mm-hmm. recommended breathwork like crazy. And it was one of those things where when we we, we we would pull workshops once in a while and say, I'm going to have a breathwork workshop, come to it. And the ones who did, they were like, that was mind-blowing. And then they had visions and they had all these things come up. And I'm just sitting there like, did you expect this? I'm like, I, I always expect everything. <laughs> I'm like, you never know when you're playing in this field because you never know what's going to show up for somebody. So a yeah. team, you can show the team to do that. And then once they get that feeling, they go, wow, this was really, you're going to intrigue them because you're what you're doing is you're creating a pattern interrupt. You're actually, they had an expectation to think it may not work. And then all of a sudden it does. So you mm-hmm. collapse a wave in the quantum physics world. And what you're doing is you're establishing a new pattern to where then they can, it, it's up to them still, but you can now encourage like, Hey, do the breath work, do the breath work. You'd be amazed. I used to tell my team that all the time. Like they're stressed, like do a breath work, just go do breath work. You, you'll go, go in the back. Take 10 minutes to yourself, go do some breath work, come back. I know you'll be in a better place. And um, and it, it always is because it's neurology at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's some great examples of how to start it, right? How to like kind of give people that flash. I wonder about maintaining, right? Especially when you talk about with the quantum world where it is, it's all about uncertainty, right? And probability and potential states. And it's, it's way less linear, like you were talking about earlier, right? So how do you keep these threads alive in your life or in your business when it might be a little murky for a while, right? Or it might be, it might feel like you're taking three steps back, even though you're going to take five steps forward later. Um, What would you tell somebody who wants to kind of keep the fire burning? Stay consistent with it. This is not something that like example, like for example, is like in yoga, they always say, you know, take yoga off the mat. And it, what that means is the the principles they teach you and what you do in yoga and being patient with yourself and not competing, all the principles that you learn there, take it off the mat. It's the same thing with meditation. I remember when I first started meditating and it was like, I get in this bliss state, right? And then I come out and I used to send text messages to my wife letting her know how much I love and appreciate her after that. But then if she saw me like an hour later and I'm like in my my focus mode, I come off a little like, don't I'm bothered. Let me just keep, let me, I'm, I get annoyed. And she's like, where's that Vic that was, you know, maybe a half hour ago, Where, where's he? And I was like, dang it. I was like, okay, she's showing me something that I need to learn. Mm-hmm. And that is how do I keep my meditated state going throughout the day as much as I can? So what I mean by all this is that the maintaining is, is that in the beginning, you're, you're going to feel really great. And then like three minutes later, you're going to be right back to where you were. And the reason why that is, is because your tone neurologically is not resonating to that. It's not, it hasn't been hardwired to that yet. We've got to build that up, but over time you will. And what will happen is it's not like you're going to be like Mr. Zen or Mrs. Zen and, and always be in this balanced quantum mindset state. It's very hard to do though. I, 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 I just, because I can't do it. I, I say it's not impossible. It's just, I work very hard to try to do that. And it's still something that's like, okay, I mean, life gets the best of us, yeah. but it's, it's easy to get back to center though. Like I can get back to center like this. Remember I said, I didn't have burnout ever since two, it's been like six, seven years. And the reason why though, is because these tools that I use, I can already feel when I'm going down that path and mm-hmm. I can course correct that immediately before I get down that road before with a week, a day, a week, a month later, I'm there. So have patience with your patience with yourself and really focus just on those micro improvements. You know, maybe this breath work, you do it, or you, you felt really centered or boom, an idea came out of nowhere. These are the things that are going to start to show up because when you play in the quantum world, you know, in, in, in this element, it's all being for the most part, it's like 80, 90% is really where your energy's at, but there's going to come a point. This is where the effortless comes in because there's going to come a point when you do this work that you're going to get inspired. You're going to take your, it's called the law of inspired action. You're going to, you're going to be inspired to take action. You're going to be, there's going to be an inspiring thought or an idea that's going to come to you because you're at that vibration and the breath work keeps things neutralized. So your brain can stay focused on where you want to go with things. Yeah. Tell me more about that inspired action. Cause I think that's a critical piece, right? The, uh, this is where I'm connecting it. The Buddhist term for that is a um, vipassana, right? Which is this idea of like an insight. It's like a uh, lightning bolt that comes out of a blue sky. Can you tell me a little bit about what that's like? Yeah, because like the thing with inspired action, it's the the story of David and Goliath. I always love using this one because this is exactly what it is, right? Standard business. We've been talking all about this today. So it's the standard business model of teaching what you're supposed to do is just go take all the rocks you can find and just keep throwing them at Goliath. And then one of those will eventually hit, right? 
with what David did is he sat there and he just waited to feel inspired. Like something told him he had to take action. He had to make that move. He had he saw the rock and it was like, oh my God, yes, this is it. And he just takes it and he threw it dead on game over. He wins. So in life, you're going to feel something inside you. Everyone has a different feeling. For me, I get anxious and I can't stop thinking about it. Those are the two signs for me that inspired actions needs to come or an idea is coming or I need to take action on something, right? When I wrote my last book, it, it literally was bugging the living crap out of me last year. And and just to give some context, I was literally moving from Chicago to Knoxville at that time. My wife was pregnant and I was closing down an office after 11 years. And yet I still had that feeling of it's time to take action to write a book. And I'm like, there is no, where am I going to find it? I, I was like, this is not happening. Um but I ended up, you know, I, I made it, I created the cover. It calmed that feeling down for a little bit. And a couple months later, I looked at my wife and said, I got to write this book. I can't let this go. So there comes like a, a pull. You've had this feeling before. You, you felt like you had to do something, didn't know why, but you just felt like you had to. And then you did it and you're like, wow, I could see why that benefited me now or why I made that choice or why I did this. And so it's a pulling. Um, sometimes it's like you're saying, like, I love the lightning bolt out of a cloud, you know, sky, cloud like that um, out of the sky. Um, because that could be where the ideas come from. It comes out of nowhere, and you just you. It, but it's a feeling. I want I want to emphasize that difference, though. It's a feeling that you feel. It like makes you feel good in some way. That's how you know you're in that alignment. Or sometimes with the law of inspired action, it can also you're going to attract the people, the circumstances, or the, or the situations that you need to help you elevate too. So that's where you all of a sudden you meet somebody, you're, or it could be a potential. You're not even thinking about business or anything, but it's like. You kind of gel with this person and you're just feeling there's a good vibe to it and you keep feeding into that. And all of a sudden it leads to they have a conversation and you're like, oh, wow, here comes this. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how my coaching business got started. Mm -hmm. I had an idea of it. I, I was like three months out maybe before I was like going to start really marketing it. I'm having a conversation with a patient and she goes, you're a coach? And she's been a patient of mine for almost a year. And I was like, well, I've, I've been, you know, I dibble dabble into this. I'm starting to, I want to eventually get that out there. She's like, I have a bunch of people that I can have you come reach out to, blah, blah. And it just came out of a a three minute, two minute conversation. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, I'm coaching 15, 20, 30 different people on the spot three months later uh, that started getting things going. That's how these things kind of work. And when you're really in that state of energy in that place and like allowing, you open the door to allow these things to come into your life rather than you trying to force it to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's such a key point is that surrender component and that letting go component and the being open to synchronicity or being open to opportunity or seeing it when it shows up, right? And just kind of grabbing it. Um, yeah, and I guess I just, I guess I feel to me, I feel tightening and I feel it in my deep with a lot of my clients of like, that's so scary, I think for so many people to like really let go and to really trust, like you said, the universe, God, Allah, force, whatever you want to call it. Um, what was that process like for you or how would you help someone through that process? To allow and accept, you know, it's one of the things where, I always say like I'll, I'll use neuroscience sometimes because that was that's what shifted me to be even more open minded. And what happened was is that I was doing research for my second book and I was looking at um, I know the left brain can process about seven bits of information plus or minus two uh, per second. And I was like, OK, what's the right brain? I know the right brain is like tremendously a lot more. And then all of a sudden I was like, I remember like a million. I'm trying to go back to school, but I'm like, I'm putting this in the book. I need to have actual research to show this. And it's like one to two million bits of information per second. And I started to go, okay, that's interesting. So that's the feeling. That's why I like feelings more. But then I did research on how much can the brain actually know? Just based on our nerves, nerve, you know, the brain itself and all that stuff. And compared to what actually all the information that exists. Some mathematician put this together. Mm -hmm. And so when I read that, I go, I don't know nothing. Because it came out that the most my brain can handle is 0.000001 odd some odd percent. And there is 99.9999 amounts of information out there. So when you when you think about that for a second, we really don't know nothing mm -hmm. compared to what is out there. And so I always say like the universe always knows best. It always has. It always will. Why? Because it sees 360 degrees. I'm limited to only see what I can see in my world. And plus I have my blocks and I have my limitations. The universe doesn't have any, your God or Allah, force, energy, whatever you want to call it. And it does, it has none. So it knows better. And the beautiful thing about it, it not only knows better what's better for me, but it also knows what's better for humanity also in the process. So it's not like it's just a win for me. It's a win for me. And it's also a win for humanity overall. And so that to me is like when you let go of that, I mean, it's amazing to see 
um, what shows up and it's, it's just getting people to trust it, it, That's the toughest part for me to get people to let go. Mm -hmm. I've had clients this year that a lot of clients that broke records, but I probably fought some of them for like four or five months, not really fighting, but just letting, you know, working through the feeling, getting to the feeling, let go over your expectation, this and that. And then all of a sudden, two, three months later, something comes out of nowhere and they're able to grow their business now 40, 50% within a month. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and they're like, how the heck? And I'm like, don't question, just, just, <laughs> just let it happen. Just be grateful. You're fortunate it happened because everything was in alignment and it couldn't happen. The rule is this, nothing can happen unless you're vibrating at that point and nothing's out of luck. And once you understand that rule and law, that's when you know when you're vibrating and something shows up in your life, you were actually vibrating to attract that into your life. It didn't just happen because of the luck. Yeah, that's a great mindset and a great way to end this episode. I think it gives our listeners something to play with and think about what their lives might be like if they saw this mindset, right? And they kind of adopted some of these beliefs. Um, so Victor, thank you for being on the show. You know, people know where they can find more about you. Yeah, my website's my hub, empoweryourreality.com. I got some free, I got a free ebook on there on visualization. I got my podcast on there. If you like what I'm talking about and you're a business owner and you you are looking the kind of the concepts that I talked about resonate with you, I do a free breakthrough call just to connect, serious inquiries only, but um, to learn more about you to see if I'm even someone who can help you. And then if I can, I share how I can do that. And then last but not least, social media. If you want to connect on the bottom left of my website, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Reach out. Any questions you have, I'd love to hear from people. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on here. It was a great episode. Um, for those listening, thanks for tuning in this week. And we'll see you next week on another episode of From the Ashes. Take care. Thank you for joining host Mark Azoulay on From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Meet triumph and defeat and treat those two imposters the same.